Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Monday, January 30th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs are Super Bowl bound, and so is all of Kansas City and Chiefs fans in spirit. It's so because of the 23-20 dramatic victory over the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday in the AFC Championship game, and we're talking about it on today's show. Beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell joined me for a post-game discussion on a Sports Beat Live show, and you'll hear that discussion in podcast form. So much to discuss, so much, in fact, it's going to take us two weeks to get it all in. So if we don't cover the topic you're interested in in this show, rest assured, you'll be hearing chiefs from us throughout the next couple of weeks. Okay, let's get started. And we recorded this about two hours after the Chiefs' victory on Sunday. Good evening, or maybe good morning, uh, from Kansas City and Arrowhead Stadium. This is Sportsbeat Live. This is the show where we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, and we're doing it a few hours after their 23-20 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game. Please join us with your questions and comments and talk to Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell, along with myself. We'd love to talk about this game with you because um, there is a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. And uh, let's let's start off with the top. Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl third time in four years. They're going to play the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in Glendale, Arizona, two weeks from today. And Super Bowl 57, I believe, uh, we're up to now. So, um, Herbie, I'll, I'll start it off by saying um, the Chiefs never trailed in this game, and yet my confidence factor in them winning was never really high until Patrick Mahomes got pushed out of bounds at the end of the game uh, to get the penalty um, that's my quick thought. What's your quick thought on the Chiefs winning this game tonight? I, I tend to agree with you because uh, I'll go ahead and for full disclosure purposes now that the game is over, but I'll let the folks know I, I did not pick the Chiefs to win this game. I actually thought the Bengals were going to win it. And then when, you know, late in the fourth quarter when the Bengals got the ball back with just a little bit more than, the, what, I think like two minutes left in the game. Before they, they turned, they gave it back to the Chiefs. Yeah, I was like, well, here comes the game-winning field goal. Uh, their kicker is going to do it two years in a row, kick the game-winning field goal, but it didn't turn out that way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Blair, that I wasn't confident at all, uh, with, even when they were trailing, but I actually thought the Bengals were going to eventually come out on top, and it didn't happen. Mahomes happened. Harrison Butker happened. Uh, the sideline penalty happened. Sky Moore happened. There were a lot of things that happened there that contributed to the Chiefs' win. Yeah, for sure. All right. How about uh, how about your quick thoughts, Jesse? And then we'll get into some specifics. Yeah, ye all ye of little faith. You Blair and Herbie both picking the Bengals in this game. Yeah, let me yeah, let me just say right off the top, I I, I was with Herbie on this. I did not I thought coming in the Bengals were a better team, and I was just overwhelmed by their performance at Buffalo last week. So uh, I had picked the Bengals as well. But you did not in your picks, you pick officially for the star. You had the Chiefs winning, not covering, but winning. Well, I'm covering too. They were only oh, favored, they favored by favored by one, so they basically, if I pick them to win, they had to be uh, right. covering in that you're particular right. game. But uh, you're never in doubt, guys. Come on, never in doubt. But <laughs> no, I, Roy hit it on the head. Um, what a redemption game, right? I mean, this is why sports are such great drama. I mean, how many storylines could we have wrapped up in this one final game to send them the Super Bowl? Like 
Sky Moore returning punts. Guys, Sky Moore didn't think he was going to be returning punts this year. He returned ever again. Ever, just ever again. Yeah, I mean, he said I kept practicing him. He was the four-string punt returner coming into today, and they need him because they're three guys down, and he returns over 29 yards and puts them almost in field goal range. I mean, we talk about Harrison Bucker went through his struggles, along with Tommy Townsend holding. Perfect on kicks. We talk about uh, Joshua Williams. Okay, Joshua Williams, he has like one tweet the whole year. It's about how he was disappointed himself after the last Cincinnati Bengals game because he gave up that catch over the middle. He gets the interception out here. You know, we talk about Chris Jones, never had a playoff sack. He gets two of them, and then the biggest one in the game to turn the ball back over to the Chiefs. I mean, you just go down the line here. Patrick Mahomes lost his mind last year in the AFC Championship game, the second half against the Bengals in this building. He leads them down the field and hobbles down the field to get them that first down crucial at the end to get them in field goal range. I mean, it's like, you know, we always talk about these storybook endings, but it, you, you literally almost couldn't have pulled a character out of the Chiefs book today. It would, did not get set up for a moment today for them to be the quote-unquote hero. And that's how these Chiefs worked, and they stuck together in tough times. Uh, obviously, they let that game last year motivate them for this year. They were beat up. They were <laughs> as... Uh, Eric Bannami always says they drag their ass to the finish line. He always <laughs> uses that quote with us. And, I mean, there is no better indication of this game of a team dragging their ass to the finish line than the Kansas City Chiefs down three receivers, Travis Kelsey hobbling, Patrick Mahomes hobbling. I just saw the next-gen stat that Patrick Mahomes hadn't got above 14 miles an hour on any run in the postseason. He got to 18 miles an hour on that scramble. I mean, that, that just wow. personifies this team and uh, so many unlikely heroes, but they all came through tonight. That's why this team's in the Super Bowl. Well, um, a lot of great comments uh, and, and a lot of folks identifying different areas uh, that uh, that helped the Chiefs win. But I made my star of the game, Chris Jones, uh, for all the, you know, for, for all the players, Jesse, that you just named. The, um, I, I thought Chris Jones had as he had the type of game tonight that Aaron Donald had against the Bengals in the Super Bowl last year. Um, which, which, by the way, the Bengals lost by twenty by the score of twenty three to twenty. But not only not only with his two sacks, including the incredibly timely one at the end that forced the Bengals to punt to Sky Moore, uh, but his um, just constant pressure on Joe Burrow was um, top notch stuff. I mean, defensive player of the year type of game for Chris Jones, and uh, happy to see him get his first sack. I know after the game he said. You know, getting his first playoff sack isn't meaningful to him. It's more meaningful to the media that keeps bringing it up. Heck, it was meaningful for Chris Jones, and it came in a, you know, came in the biggest game of the season for him. And he's one of the players that wasn't hobbling or you know on the injury list. You know, you got full strength Chris Jones in this game, and um, it's just Herbie. It's just a, um, a a great way to. I can't say cap because there's another way, another game to go, but. You know, what a great moment for Chris Jones. I don't want to say it's the best game he's ever played, but it may be one of the more memorable games he's ever played. Absolutely, and also memorable because this gives him phenomenal uh, momentum to go against another quarterback in Jalen Hurts. Look, Jones as well as Frank Clark set the tone early. You know, Frank Clark got him off with, with the sack, and then Willie Gay split a sack with, with I think it was – uh, who did Willie Gates took that sack with? Was it Jones or Clark? Uh, Clark. It yeah, Clark. it was Clark. Yeah, so they split, and then Chris Jones gets the sack. Uh, Carl Loftus gets the sack. Five total sacks on the game. Chris Jones finished with two of them, as well as a team-high five quarterback hits. 
He was dominant, like you mentioned. It reminded me of Aaron Donald. It, it, that was that kind of a defensive performance where an interior defensive lineman takes over a game. And that's what Jones did today. And that's why he's an all pro. Yeah, real famously, Aaron Donald pointed to the ring at the end when he clinched the game against the Bengals last year. Yeah. If, if Chris Jones has his performance next week, he can start pointing, I guess, maybe the other finger to get his second <laughs> ring. Um, but yeah, you know, the end of the half, and we've been, been talking so much this year about Aaron, or I'm not Aaron Jones, Chris Jones just being the closer for the Chiefs. The very end of the first half, a key play, uh, you know, I highlighted this on Twitter with the video that's out there. He bulls through two guys, two guys to get Joe Burrow with that, that play with eight seconds left, makes him throw it early, incomplete pass. That's three points instead of seven points. That's a huge play in the game, and that was a huge momentum mm -hmm. changer as well. But then just the smarts and how they use him too, he hadn't really been on the outside. Uh, KU guy, Hakeem Adenogy, I'm just being honest, like he was drafting the NFL as kind of a swing guy, right guard, right tackle sort of guy. With all the injuries, he was moved out to right tackle. He struggled today, man. Like, he was he was the weak link in the chain. So, if you go back and watch the video, guys, him and Carlos Dunlap are talking before the snap about who's going to be on the outside, who's going to be on the inside. They almost switch, and instead, Chris Jones stays on the outside. We know he did that last year, the start of last year. It was kind of the, the failed experiment, if you will. But he stays on the outside and stays up against Akeem Adenogy and just immediately beats him around the edge. So, we're talking about the moves. We're talking about... Um, you know, the intelligence, being able to beat a guy, and then also saving something in the tank for the end because for much of the second half, look at the D-line was kind of, you know, wearing down a little bit, and this was the crucial possession of the game. So for Chris Jones to deliver, again, just the closer for what the Chiefs have been, how many times have you gotten a sack in a crucial situation? It's been a lot, and I'm here to tell you, Blair, uh, he can talk about the media all he wants to. That's a big deal for him to get the postseason sack. You know, you play 12 games or whatever, and you don't get those production. You don't get those numbers. We know he's taking double teams. We know all that. But uh, he needed to do this to solidify his legacy with the Chiefs, and uh, he came through in the biggest of moments. The other big thing that you know he, he thought about it is during his game press conference, what did he tell us? All through the offseason, he dedicated it to this game because of what he didn't do against the Bengals in the last one, and that was take down Joe. I, I just found it fascinating that, you know, when he finally came out and said that, that this entire offseason was dedicated to this moment, and it was his redemption as well. You know, we talked about redemptions earlier. We talked about Harrison Butker, you know, Sky Moore. Chris Jones's redemption is making up for last year, not getting to Burrow. Blair, I think you were there. I mean, it was crazy. In June and OTAs, is one of the first assignments I covered. Chris Jones comes to the podium, and we're just asking him normal summer questions. Unprompted, he says, my whole motivation this offseason is I should have gotten Joe Burrow down twice on sacks that would have won the AFC Championship game last year. I mean, again, this is seven months ago. You set this thing up. He plays Cincinnati on this field, same game, same AFC Championship game, and he delivers. I mean, it's, that's like one of six redemption stories we're talking I don't even think I brought it up to start off the show here. So, I mean, it – it really is an amazing storybook type of game, and it, it sort of leaves you down in the locker room kind of almost scratching your head like, well, which, which one do I want to go with here? Because everything, everything came to the conclusion today for the Chiefs. Obviously not the conclusion because they played the Eagles in the Super Bowl, but uh, a lot of things came together. A lot of storylines kind of tied up with what the Chiefs were able to accomplish today. Evie Craig uh, points out uh, special teams and defense. I'll tell you, Evie, one thing that I really like about the way this game ended was think about the the sequence of big plays that led to the Chiefs' win. It was the Chris Jones starts with the Chris Jones sack, continues with the Sky Moore punt return, continues with Patrick Mahomes, you know, finding a little bit of a, a an opening and scrambling to go out of bounds and it gets pushed for the penalty, and then of course the Butker field goal. 
defense, special teams, offense, special teams. They all made a major, major play in the last, what, um, minute minute of the game to, to win this game for the Chiefs. Chiefs got the ball back with, what, was it 30 seconds to go? Um, when they, when they got, when, when Skymore, uh, finished his punt return, I think it was 30 seconds. So, um, yeah, defense, special teams, they, they all contributed in, in this one. Um, uh, who was it who pointed it out also, um, the, the, uh, uh, how many rookies in the secondary, uh, played today? Well, they all played, uh, and what, you know, what kind of game did they have collectively, Jesse? It was, Pretty impressive stuff from the, you know, McDuffie and Williams and Watson and Cook. I mean, these are, you know, Chiefs don't win the game if these guys don't have the game the games that they have. And 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 then they lose Legereus Sneed in the first what first quarter. So tip of the cap to the the youngsters in the secondary. Yeah, I remember training camp and uh, we were talking just big picture storylines on the radio, just like, hey, what, what have you gained from this? What do you learn from this? And, and I remember the one thing I said was, this rookie class, this is not normal. You know what I mean? Usually you draft fifth or sixth round guys, you cut them, they don't make the team, they don't pan out like you thought, and they were just so high on all of them. I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we always heard about Pacheco early on. That was like a fantasy football darling from the very start, and everybody, every national writer who went to Chiefs camp came away and said, you got to watch this Pacheco guy. But now you look, I mean, Jalen Watson developed over the course of the year. Uh, Joshua Williams, I said earlier, you know, he had his toughest game against Cincinnati last, last time. He comes away with the interception. Brian Cook gets beat on the out and up, even though it's a really perfectly placed ball by Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase that puts Cincinnati in position to come back in this game and tie it up. They go that same out and up route. What happens? Brian Cook gets his head around, tips the ball up. Joshua Williams gets the interception. Again, one of the biggest plays of the game. So you're talking second-round pick, seventh-round pick, Seventh round pick, uh, Carl Loftus had a sack. You add him in there. Obviously, Trent McDuffie has solidified their secondary. So it, it's it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. And I, I do want to speak to also like what the Chiefs have rolling here because like this doesn't happen if Brett Veach thinks something and his front office thinks something and Andy Reid thinks, thinks something and those things don't all come together because I, I think you see other teams. This happens, or it happens when you got to get a change in tenure where you have this second-round pick from the previous tenure, you have to trade them for a seventh-round pick because they didn't fit the new scheme, all those sorts of things. But there has to be this sort of cohesion to be like, we believe in this guy, and because we believe in this guy, the coaching staff believes in this guy, because they believe in the guy, they develop him, and all of that has come together for the Chiefs in a, a really amazing way and a very short amount of time. So, you know, all the, all the props go to that. I mean, they kept all 10 of those rookies. They're all on the roster right now, and uh, as you said, Blair, I mean, you can go up and down the line at the contributions that they made in this particular game and uh, a huge reason why the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Herbie Roy asked about injuries. You know, we usually start off the show talking about them, but uh, um, because the Chiefs won, we, we, we didn't do that, but now is a good time to bring them up, a bunch of them, and, you know, contributed to the narrative of this game, the players that – we're leaving the field and not coming back. Now we, I mentioned Legereus Sneed, and there's, you know, Kadarius Tony, and uh, they, they, that was a big loss for the Chiefs. That really changed, I think, what they were trying to do offensively. McCole Hardman was back, and now he's gone again. What uh, did, did Andy Reid say much about these injuries after the game? Yeah, he just basically find out what was announced during the game. I mean, we, we know that. Sneed suffered a concussion. He did not return. We know that Tony had an ankle injury. What Andy Reid said was it was a tweaked ankle injury. Willie Gay had the shoulder injury. 
Juju Smith-Schuster with the knee injury and McCole Hardman aggravated his pelvic injury. What that did, you talk about Tony and then also Hardman, that's a domino effect because they also didn't have Justin Watson. And this, of course, it goes back to the redemption storyline. It helps set up Sky Moore because, I mean, at, at, at one point, the Chiefs were down, what, two wide receivers. So, that, you know, their MVS was the guy who had to step up and then, hey, kind of a redemption story for him. You know, everybody was saying, when is MVS going to emerge? And he picked a hell of a time to emerge in the playoffs. Hey, Marcus Kemp caught a pass tonight. Marcus Kemp wasn't up last yes. week, guys. <laughs> he wasn't up last week, and he was playing receiver for them tonight. It caught a huge curl route in the fourth quarter. I mean, and amazing. He's a, you know, a four. Uh, he does all the 4-4 the four, four on special teams, so he yeah. provided that and had a big block on the uh, Skymore return, too. But, yeah, talking to him in the locker room, I mean, you think about just how much has to happen to get Skymore on the field as a returner. I mean, can you imagine, like, okay – Justin Watson has to have his illness, sickness. Kadarius Toney has to go out with some sort of injury. McCole Hardman has to be out. <laughs> Goodbye. And then you get to Sky Moore, who gets the 29-yard return. Same thing for Marcus Kemp. Like, he's got to be sitting there thinking, okay, I'm my core four guy. I just got to focus on all the special teams. What has to happen to get him on the field as a receiver in this game, much less as many snaps as he got? I mean, Justin Watson soaked up so many of them, but then you lose Kadarius, and then you lose Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, all of a sudden, you're looking around and going, well, you need a receiver. Well, I guess um, Marcus Kemp, who was not up last week, gets to be the receiver, makes a big catch for the Chiefs. So, yeah, it's – it. you know, the, the game had drama, and it had some big plays. But, I mean, it's it sort of – again, this one sort of reads better as a book than it does as a chapter, I think. You know what I mean? Like, the game wasn't amazing, amazing. Um, it was dramatic. But what, what's amazing is if you followed this team from the beginning, if you followed this team from June, if you followed this team from September, if you know – what Sky Moore felt like after he fumbled in the Rams game, which he told me in the locker room. Like he said that the coaches came up to him and said, we're taking you off punt return. And he goes, no, no, no. I'm taking myself off punt return. I don't want to do it anymore. I mean, that's, that's what you're talking about. A guy like that had a 30 yeah. yard, 20 on your 20 on your punt return to basically sure. win the game. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing stuff. So uh, yeah, this, this is the one they're going to soak in. It's it just, you go in the locker room um, and, and see those guys. And, you know, I know Sky Moore was kind of, lounged back at his locker and I mean kind of head back and it's almost like you can't believe it you know you just you can't believe where this story took you where it started and where it is now and a lot of guys were like that in the locker room and I think that's kind of the the feeling of relief and joy and ecstasy that uh, that the Chiefs feel right now to be able to survive that game and and beat their long-hated rivals. Chaz asks what the uh, third down redo was like uh, in, in the in the press box well, it, it was nuts. We were all trying to figure out what the heck was going on and, and, and why the Chiefs got another snap out of that. There was a – I don't have it with me. There was a, uh, a a quote from the official about that play. Turns out the Chiefs, even with the break, couldn't cash in. Um, they ended up punting it away, right? And uh, but, uh, but that did cause a lot of questioning and confusion in the press box, and I know on social media it blew up. Yeah, I think there was a wide angle that showed the official trying to come in. So I think yeah, once from, you from, have from back, from once deep. you have him out of position and showing that he was trying to stop the play, I, I don't really know what other circumstances they have. I mean, it's just you sort of try to make the best of a bad situation because if it was just a clock issue, which was what we thought at the time, like okay, just subtract ten seconds or whatever, whatever it was supposed to be, and then make 
make it fourth down. But because the official was out of position on the field, came in to basically blow the thing dead because he saw the clock, uh, you know, you, you got to go back to the start, I guess. And that's what they ruled. And uh, as you said, the Chiefs actually got a pass interference call on that play, so they got a fresh set of downs, but ended, right. up, punting, ended up punting later. So uh, it was it was dicey for the Chiefs. You mentioned it earlier, Blair. I mean, for a, for a game that the Chiefs never trailed, there were some definite dicey moments toward the end there. And punting it back to Burrow and giving uh, that offense a chance to go win another one at Arrowhead, uh, that was among the top of those. When you talk about that play, though, Blair, to me it just highlights one of many – NFL officiating snafus throughout the entire season, not just with the Chiefs games, but league-wide. And, and I think something like this cannot happen in a postseason. This is an NFL playoff game. This is the NFL's AFC championship game. You got to have your top-notch officials in there, and they got to run a tight ship. Something like that should not happen in a playoff game. Preseason, yeah, let it happen in the preseason. This is the playoffs. Playoffs. We're talking about the playoffs. <laughs> Well, it'll all get cleaned up for the Super Bowl with Carl Sheffer's uh, crew in uh, in Glendale. So uh, nothing to worry about there. You know, the, the Chiefs' possession that I absolutely hated tonight, hated it, was the their last possession of the first half. When they, after the, um, uh, the, the Watson interception, I think I've got the sequence right. The Chiefs take over at the Bengals' 39 and go incomplete, 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 and give the ball back to the Bengals before the two-minute warning. Bengals go right down the field, 90, 90 yards in you know, less than two minutes, and uh, and kick a field goal to make it 13-6 to six at halftime. God, I was like, this is Zach Taylor going to outcoach Andy Reid here tonight? I just was – I was really angry about that possession and, and, um, and thought what a wasted opportunity that was. So – um, anyway, I would have written about that if the Chiefs had lost tonight. Uh, that and the Mahomes fumble, which was a, you know, that also gave the, the Bengals, I think they got a touchdown after that, right? Short field touchdown from that. Um, those were the two Chiefs possessions that uh, that were, you know, miss, you know, didn't belong in this game. And, and look, didn't the Chiefs come out with a great game plan in this? I mean, didn't they? They came out ready to go. Um, I would rather have seen touchdowns and field goals early, but they were the team that was, you know, seemed to know what they were doing, had a good game plan. Chiefs defense came out, played great. But one of the reasons, Herbie, that you and I think you felt this way too, that I was never really comfortable with this is the, you know, the Chiefs, like I said, they were getting field goals instead of touchdowns. And when they had an opportunity to take two score leads, they, they didn't do it. Um, and uh, they, they kept the Bengals close. But give Cincinnati credit. It's a, it's a terrific team. They're going to be around for a while. This Chiefs Bengals and throw the Bills in there too. Um, these these teams are going to be in the upper half of the AFC and Super Bowl contenders every year. Did you guys have a moment in the game that um, that you questioned or was really bothersome to you? I guess I'll take it. Um, take you it. know, I, I the, the Mahomes fumble backwards just reminded me so much of the Kelsey fumble in the previous game, you know, the chiefs had control. It felt like they, it felt like they were driving. It felt like they were going to score. It felt like they were going to go up two scores. And then this like weird thing that you just don't expect. I mean, did Travis Kelsey fumble the rest of the year outside of the Cincinnati game? I don't think he did. 
And like, has Mahomes lost the ball? And that, I mean, it's almost like I don't even know if you blame Mahomes. Like, the ball just slipped out of his hands. I, it did make me wonder. I talked to Tommy Townsend this week. He talked about, you know, a lot of this to make the field look really nice. There's a lot of paint that goes on it. Uh, and the Chiefs were on the Arrowhead logo for that particular down. And talking to Townsend, he said he, you know, he wore gloves last week to hold. He said part of the reason is that that paint sometimes makes it a little bit oily. It kind of makes the ball a little bit slick. So we've just never seen that from Mahomes this whole year. I mean, he's been so secure with the ball. He hadn't fumbled. He hadn't lost a fumble all year, I think, until that one. Uh, if I'm not correct, I think that's right. that he hadn't lost a fumble. So it's just it's just so out of character. But you know, you look at the the advanced box score, and, and that's a six point swing. I mean, the Chiefs going on the 40 yard line of the Bengals going to score. And you give it up, and then the Bengals have the ball around midfield. It's just—it's basically the biggest play of the game until the fourth quarter is that particular play, and it felt like the Chiefs were, you know, kind of in control. And then all of a sudden it's twenty twenty again, and, and you get the the nervous energy in the building. So, um, yeah, that's you know, I in the in ways I'll raise my hand and say I was wrong. I, I thought the Chiefs' run game would be more of a factor this game. It was not. They really couldn't run the football. So I get the frustrations on the pass, 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 and maybe not running any clock, but. The Chiefs' run game wasn't working, and uh, honestly, the Bengals' run game wasn't working, which is something else I didn't expect. So I thought these run games would play more of a factor, but really, in the end, it was all we talked about, you know, special teams, defense, and then passing and or Mahomes running just in these crucial situations when they needed them down the stretch. Yeah, Dylan weighed in, wanted to know where the running game was or why, why it was struggling. Um, I think we all want to know that. I. I thought that was going to be important, as, as you said, Jesse, just to keep Mahomes protected a little bit more, that, that he wouldn't have to – what did he end up with, 43 pass attempts? You know, my thought coming into the game was establish the running game, you know, get the ball out of Mahomes' hand quickly, keep him protected with his leg. We saw it for the first time in the third quarter, him hobbling after a play. I think it was a completed pass when he had to roll out to his left and threw back against his body. But – he goes to the sideline hobbling, and I'm thinking, oh, here we go. You know, it's, you know, it's, he's going to, Chad Henney is going to end up finishing this game. And, uh, but Mahomes stuck it, stuck it out, hung in there. We'll, we'll devote time this week to the game that Mahomes played. And statistically, not the greatest game, um, but maybe his most courageous game as, as a member of the Chiefs. Uh, we will never, I guess we'll never know and, until he writes his book how, you know, how hurt he was or, you know, what, what kind of limitations he had, but there were times, and I don't know if the TV cameras always caught it, you know, him hobbling and, and limping a little bit, especially in the second half. But, um, you know, between that and Kelsey's back, we don't know how bad that was. You know, the, the players who left the game and didn't return playing against a Bengals team that looked great last week, that was incredibly motivated and very talented this to me uh, will be remembered as one of the one of the great wins in the the Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes era of uh, of the Chiefs. So, um, guys, I'm going to wrap it up with that because I know you got more work to do. I've got more work to do, and it's late. But uh, watch us this week. We're going to be on a couple of times. We'll send you the times uh, that we're going to uh, ha have shows and. Uh, shows and podcasts and everything else for you this week and the coverage in the Kansas City Star and on KansasCity.com, the best you'll find. Of, of, of. That'll do it for today. Shout out to George Howard, who produced the podcast and the live stream show, and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Jeff Rosen, Scott Chasen, Money Davis, and Randy Mason. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell for sharing their insights. Hey, the best coverage of the Chiefs is on KansasCity.com, and 
There you can access the morning sports edition. It's loaded with content about the Chiefs, the NFL playoffs, and so much more. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Oh, 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 oh,